look who we got. So, 8 o'clock, looking forward to chatting with my friend Courtney, real housewife of York Region. I think you're in there. Are you in there, Court? Wave to me if you're in there. There you are. All right. If Court is ready to come and join me, 8 o'clock, come on over. Press that request button. There we go. It's always that moment of panic, wondering if this... Here we go. <laughs> you are hilarious. You are absolutely and utterly hilarious. You, uh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, yeah. I can hear you. <laughs> you said we were going to dress up like each other. Is that and, what we said? Uh, yeah, that's what yeah, we said. You, okay. you promised me that. Uh, and I don't know if you know how hard it is to get the Dave Griffin um, <laughs> costume. You are, you're a lot of special. You during a, a pandemic. You're a lot of special right now. Wow. Wow. So I wrote a book. This is great. Is this really what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying right um, now. I'm dying. <laughs> Anyways, uh, hey, so, this, this is falling off. Okay, so there, there goes uh, there goes the whole my whole plan. Is that it's out the window? It's uh, uh well, I, I guess I, I don't know what to say. Do you well, want to ask me some questions? Like, well, first of all, um, it was really hard to get this during a pandemic, and I have to say that ever since your book came out, all the Dave Giffen costumes are like sold You're out. Ridiculous. You're and ridiculous so now. they had to like give me a little bit of a. Uh, Ed Sheeran uh, slash Prince Harry. Man, what is happening? But I made it work, Dave, and you you didn't. Let me tell you, you you are rocking it right now. I can't even (laughs) tell you. I gotta take this off because it's really hot. Please do, please. Anyways, please, God. (laughs) Ow, ow, that hurts. I I adore you. Oh my lord. (laughs) I'm not even sure what my hair is gonna be doing. Are you surprised? Well, well, you know, I had a. I, I was also. I was all set. I was all set. I was ready. I was. I had my my opening. But I, you know what? You might as well answer my first question now because my first question was a lot of people ask me how we know each other, and I need to know how you answer that question. I'm just gonna turn this up because I can't hear you quite as well. Okay, how do we know each other? Yeah. Um, well, I guess the simple answer is we know each other from high school. Yes, we do. Uh, which is 20, 20, 25. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But um, that's the simple answer. If you've read this book, I guess the answer in this book would be, let me see if I can get it, remember it. Rory's Uncle Donnie's Girlfriend with the Hot Sister. <laughs> That's, you know, you do a great, uh, nobody does a, a better job of plugging my book than you. <laughs> and, Any opportunity. And, and there's a lot of friends from, from high school who would probably like me to follow up on that a little bit and ask a few more questions. So Uh-oh. I'm going to go in a very different direction. I'm just going to ask out of pure curiosity, is that older sister still single? She, uh, she's still around. <laughs> Oh no, she's no. off the market. She's been off the market for a long time. That's too bad. I hope she's happy. I hope she's happy. Yeah, but, she really is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, she ended up marrying a guy, believe it or not, from Markham High. 
Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I bet you. I, I bet know. he's a great dude. Actually, yeah. I was. I was pretending I didn't know that he is a great dude, from what I know. Yeah. All right. I've got some big questions for you, friends. Okay. Ready. Are you ready? Because let me so. say, I enjoyed very much uh, my the week my book came out. You interviewed me, so I. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been looking forward to this for a few months. I know, me too. This is great. I'm usually the one asking the questions, though, so it's slightly out of my comfort zone. Kinda. Yeah? Kinda. Kinda. No, you you got this. This is all you right now. Yeah. All right. Thursday mornings in Aurora. Yes. There's a walk happening. It's a walk for mental health. It's a walk that is something you're very passionate about. So who is walking for mental health? Why are they walking? Okay, so the backstory on that a little bit is that, um, so mental health is a, a big passion of mine. And the reason for that is that I have had some of my own struggles through different times in my life. Yeah. Um, and after I had my daughter in 2017, I uh, went through some pretty serious postpartum anxiety um, a lot of people don't know about postpartum anxiety. They know a lot about postpartum depression. Um, and I did, had no idea about postpartum uh, anxiety, but it affects about 10% of new moms. Okay. Um, and, like, I know you've had your son, you know, and you were with your wife at the time as yeah. she was going through all of that. And it's a lot. So, like, a lot of m- yeah. new moms will experience a certain level of anxiety, um, increased anxiety, but postpartum anxiety, like when it hits the disorder kind of stage, is where your um, your anxiety and your worries kind of, I guess you could say, overshoot or whatever reality. Um, and, you know, you can't quiet your mind, and then you actually get anxious about the fact that you can't do that. So it's a really kind of awful cycle. So I didn't feel better about... Like, I didn't start to feel better until I uh, met another mom in my community who was going through the same thing. And that alone helped me feel like I, I wasn't alone in, in this and that it was something that was, uh, you know, I guess more common than I thought, um, which kind of led me again to thinking, okay, well, I can't be the only person going through this. There's got to be so many other people out there kind of quietly suffering, Right. Um, and so I said, well, I'm going to do something about that. And I started a, a walk for mental health and it is for women. Yeah. Um, and for women who are suffering from depression, anxiety, um, isolation, you know, loneliness, all that kind of stuff that so many can relate to now, especially. Um, and, uh, it's amazing because I, it's not just new moms who come out and walk. It's also like, women whose kids have gone off to school and now they're by themselves or women who work from home and are feeling isolated or, you know, women new to the community. So it's a wonderful group of women. Um, and what's really cool, too, is that it's like these walks have gotten quite a bit of, um, a little bit of I attention, guess, a little attention. bit of attention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I, I see you on a different podcast every other week right now. It's pretty incredible. 
Yeah, it's really cool. Like it's um a lot of podcasts, um some like Rogers interviews, yeah. um, which was really great. Um, and what was really special to me is that my local newspaper around Christmas time, because 2020 was a really hard year. Yeah, everybody. And there was, yeah, and there were so many amazing, um, stories of, of people doing different things. But what I was so honored to receive was, uh, the title of most inspirational person in my community for 2020. Oh, amazing. Wow. Yeah. What a cool, like that's, well, there's a title. <laughs> I was so humbled and honored with that because, uh, you know, she just said she really loved my grassroots efforts to help others in the community with mental health and wow. have the courage to talk about it. What you a know? cool thing. And, and I know I know a few of the women who, who walk in that group with yeah. you. I've known some of them for years. And I hear stories about how the moments that get created on these walks where people yeah. have have a moment to be vulnerable in a way that they might not be able to with three rugrats running around and chasing oh, yeah. them. So it's, um, I think you've created something pretty special there. I think so too. And I, I get really inspired by the people on my walks and mm-hmm. because everyone has a story, you know, and that's, that's the thing about mental health is we all have a story and your story should be heard. Right. So, um, that's what the platform is that I want. I want those women who come out and walk. You know, it's, not only does it help with mood because you're getting out and you're getting some fresh air and you're walking and you're in in what feels like a community, but um, you're being validated, right? Okay. So that's really, really important too. So, um, yeah, and I've made some really amazing friendships with the women. So it's been as beneficial, if not, you know, more for me than for anybody. Well, mental health advocate is a given now. Um, yeah. I hear psychotherapist in training. <laughs> so yes. tell me about the the who, what, when, where, why, and how, or maybe just the, the who, what, and the how, or some combination of those. Well, it's funny because I have wanted to um, do this for so long, um, go back to school f- to become a therapist. and But what's interesting is, like, in my early 30s, that's when I really wanted to go back and and do this, but I thought I was too old in my early 30s. I'm just like, oh, no, you know, I'm too old to go back to school. Not true. <laughs> uh, no, no, not at all. And so, um, anyways, actually, a lady who was who does the walks with me, I became quite good friends with her, and we were chatting. And I was telling her about this. Plus, this was also at the beginning of the pandemic, and so I was trying to create more like um, – mental health um, awareness videos on like social media and stuff just to try to keep that connection going. I think I saw some of those. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so she reached out to me and she said, "Um, you'd be great at this, this course that I'm doing. And by the way, it's a master's of counseling psychology. And I'm like, Oh, that sounds like a big thing. But what else were we doing at the time? You know, like it was locked down. What better time? Yeah, what better time? Exactly. And so I took the plunge and I, and I started May of 2020 and, uh, it's a two and a half year program. So I'm like almost a year in, but, uh. You know what? That's, we're almost halfway. Yeah, because I also have my, my practicum that I have to do where I get supervision and stuff like that. So, um, it's amazing, Dave. Like honestly, it's just opened my mind in ways that I, I guess was really wanting and kind of desperate for almost, but just wasn't getting any anywhere else. And so this going back to school has also been a real lifesaver 
for me during the pandemic yeah. because it's given me purpose and um, education. It's just, you know, it's been just so good for me. Yeah. What, what did, what, like now that you've spent a year plus, you're digging into this, yeah. what's the biggest surprise about this path to, to this, this vocation? I think the biggest surprise is how much work you have to do on yourself when you're going to become a counselor. Yeah. Because you, I mean, I have to make sure that I'm good, that I'm balanced, that I've challenged all of my, you know, maybe biases and things like that, that we all have. Don't I know it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, before I can be of service properly to somebody else. And uh, so that's probably one of the biggest things. And it's been a lot of work. Like the self-work is, is a lot of work and it's a commitment. Um, but again, it's, it's a great career path because it's the type of career that you're always growing and you're always learning and you're always challenging yourself and your beliefs and, um, and you learn so much too from the people across from you, right? So, totally. Totally. yeah, super, um, I don't know, just inspiring and I'm in, on the right path. That's how I feel. So who knew a pandemic would take me there, but here we are. You know what? I hear so many stories from so many people and my own included where the pandemic provided time for things that we just didn't realize. Like I was saying to someone the other day (laughs) that my, my, my relationship with my son, Ori is so much deeper than it would, would have been otherwise because of the amount of time we spent together. There are deficits that he's going to have from not spending enough time in school. And I think they're all going to have to be addressed, but they're, there's silver linings and, uh, yeah. and these, you know, talking about those stories is, is always a really good thing. I agree. And you like, like how much you have done, you know, in this, in this amount of time, like where were you this time last year? You know, not here. I mean, not here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Not here. I can tell you, that. <laughs> I can tell you that, but let, let me, well, speaking of that, you know, as a, uh, as a single dad um, in, uh, in a newly forming modern family, co-parenting um, with a kid um, back and forth, um, you inspire me. Let me tell you, your family, I was over for, for dinner at your house one time, and I sat next to your daughter, and I just, <laughs> looking at that beautiful family of yours, and I heard some really interesting stories about your modern family, and I was just wondering yep. if you could tell some people about this because I want to know what your secret is because uh, <laughs> I, I think it sounds pretty incredible. It's definitely been a work in progress. It hasn't happened overnight. Um, so just to fill people in who might not know. Um, so my husband and I, we've been together for almost seven years, married for almost seven years. But uh, he divorced his wife and then, um, you know, she's remarried and all that kind of stuff. But we have been able to, over time, all been able to become really good friends. Um, and a little bit of a fun fact is that, so I have a shoe company. It's called Marisol's. It's a footwear company. Yeah. And the fun fact in that is that Julia, so my husband's ex-wife, is my business partner in that incredible. company. Incredible. So, yeah. So, you know, we've not only been able to become friends, but also business partners. And so, um, but, you know, what it really took, and, and I don't know where you are with your ex and, and that whole process, but it takes time. Like, it's not going to happen. In, of course it does. It's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Of course it does. Uh, it takes time for sure. Like, it took us a good five years to get to a place where we could all 
be okay, like truly yeah, totally. okay, in, yeah. instead of pretending okay. <laughs> in new rea- in actual new realities, not just pretending new realities, right? Like it's it yes. time to adjust. In and but I have to say, what uh, you know, Heather and I work really hard to uh, around around how this works with with Rory. But what a gift to your kids, right? Like to yeah, to, for everyone to know to know peace and to know um, yeah. that kind of love. It's beautiful. It really is. And, and that's really why we did it was for the kids. Um, we wanted to make sure that, well, and for the adults too, in a sense, because sure. it just makes everybody's life easier. If I'm not spending my energy and time hating somebody, like that just takes so much time and effort. Like hating somebody takes a lot of effort. And I don't have that kind of effort to give that. So, you know, it's, I've just been able to see her as her versus the title of my husband's ex-wife and been able to develop a genuine friendship with her outside of him. Um, and there's so there's a lot of power in that. And with co-parenting, it makes it so much easier. And the kids get to see no animosity. And it's a true example. And what I'm trying to do is, is show a true example of women supporting each other because there's so much in society of women knocking each other down and we don't need to see any more of that. So, yeah. Incredible. All right. Here. Talk about families, talk about mental health. You and I uh, in our lives have been exposed to addiction and alcoholism. And um, I've written a book about some of my own struggles about it. Uh, We knew each other at a very young age. So, we know we, we had exposure to, 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 to lots of it at a young age. Um, you and I have talked lots about this in the past, but I'd I love to share here um, why you think it's so important for kids to grow up in a relatively clean and sober environment. Why, why, do, why does that matter? I think, you know, it, it's, it's really hard because growing up, when you have – someone in your life that's close to you who has been addicted to something like alcohol. I mean, you know, full disclosure, it's my dad. He's, um, you know, I love him dearly. He's a fabulous person, human being, but unfortunately he battles the addictive disease and his dad battled the addictive disease. And when it goes into families like that, you just live a certain way without even really realizing it you know i I mean he did realize it when he was a child watching his dad but it's just funny how you just adopt the same coping mechanisms or lack thereof i guess right because a a parent who is um addicted to alcohol is not able a lot of the time to provide that emotional support and stability um so adult children of alcoholics you know, demonstrate a certain type of behavior. Um, but why is it so important to me? I mean, I have, I have to be careful. I've always had to be careful with alcohol because listen, I come by it honestly and it's, um, hereditary, right? And actually the beginning of the pandemic was a real eye opener for me because I kind of, teetered with it a little bit, wondering if it was, if it was, if it wasn't, you know, but the beginning of the pandemic showed me that I think I might not have the control here with this. And so um, June of 2020, I had my last drink 
and haven't turned back. Now, it hasn't been easy, but um, my daughter is is the main reason for that. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> what do so, you want? What do you, what do you want her to to know you as as you as you as you raise this beautiful little girl? How do you want her to know you? Um, just as somebody who is present, you know, very very present, hmm. very okay with the emotions that she has, even if they're uncomfortable for me. Um. And it's my duty and my job to give her all the tools that I can possibly give her. Um, and again, with my schooling and my, my self-exploration with my therapy, you know, if somebody has an emotion and we're not okay with it, we have to ask ourselves why. You know, what's that about? Why am I not comfortable with you crying? Or why am I not, like, all of these different sorts of things. So, She's an amazing little girl. She deserves to have um, sober parents, and she does. And um, without n- without her knowing it, like she will never be the ch- adult child of an alcoholic. Like that, for my family, that stops with me. So, yeah. Well, let me tell you, I think you are one badass warrior, <laughs> and I think you just gave a lot of people permission to tell their truth. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. I think you did. Thank you. All right. Now we had our little soft moment. Let's do rapid fire. (laughs) Are you ready for rapid fire? I just have to tell you that I am really bad at this sort of thing. Like, I'm, I either, like, blank and can't remember the name of, like, people I should know the name of or will go on a diatribe. So I am making no promises with how this is going to go, but... I know. Okay. You told me this, and that's why I've made it real easy for you. It's <laughs> okay, going to be good. real easy. I promised you it wouldn't. I, I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't leave you with dead air. Okay. okay. So we're going to oh, start. God. We're going to start. <laughs> Favorite high school teacher, Mr. or Mrs. Oh, uh, Suarez, I believe her name was a drama teacher. Beautiful. I liked her too. She was awesome. She's, she's in like South Africa now, I think. Oh, is she? She is. Yeah, she's a cool lady. Yeah. All right. Coffee or tea? Coffee. From where? I make really good coffee at home. Oh, that's so bad. Yeah, it's really good. Stage or screen? Definitely the stage. All about the stage. Uh, so for those of anyone who's, who, who sees this off of my page, uh, Court has been a very talented actress the entire time I've known her, since she was 14 and well before. Uh, <laughs> And uh, she has starred on stage. So we'll get, yeah. we'll get back to that in a sec, though. Oh, okay. Oh, God. All right. <clears throat> Jock or artist? <laughs> artist. All day. All day. All day. Every day. Good question, Dave. Authentic ginger, what do you think of? What do you mean? When you hear the term authentic ginger. Uh, I think of... Someone who is true to themselves and a little spicy. Love it. Yeah. When you hear Mamma Mia, what do you think of? <laughs> uh, one of my favorite times on stage, actually. Right on. And I knew that. I saw some clips and some photographs yeah. of you starting in Newmarket, um, yep. up in York Region. Mm-hmm. Um, on, who, what was your role in Mamma Mia? I was Rosie. So as one of the three 
I don't, if whoever knows Mamma Mia, yeah. I wasn't Donna. She's like the main lead, and then she's got these two sidekicks who are kind of like crazy. I was I was Rosie in that show. And I hear that there was a really cute director. Is that right? <laughs> yes, that was my husband. He yes. was the director. Yes, right. yes. So, so, so <laughs> I, that, that definitely comes with a follow up. Okay. What's it like for Real mm-hmm. Housewives to be directed by her real husband? <laughs> Uh, I think for us, it's actually a really connecting type of experience. Like, he's so good at what he does that I find that really hot, actually. That's awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, if, if you know JP, you know how passionate he is about, like, when he's passionate about something, it's passion beyond what you could even imagine. And when I see him in that role, like, I just, um, I, I love it. And I love being in his shows because when you're in the community theater scene, you're not always in the greatest show in the world, but he really puts on an amazing show, and he's an amazing director. And without giving too much information, because nothing is um, signed, sealed, and delivered yet, there's going to be some really exciting professional stuff in Toronto um, that he's going to be doing uh, 2022. Very cool. Very, Very cool. cool. Very, Very cool. exciting. Will, will you be back on stage? No, I will not be back on stage. Um, not for this one. Not for this. <laughs> but not, not for not ever? Well, I mean, I will be back on stage as soon as I can get back on stage. Right on. Uh, but in terms of this project that he's doing, it's going to be um, a pretty – big deal in the city with some pretty big stars and stuff like that. So Amazing. I think I'll just be the, you know, supporting role for him. In, yeah. So. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So let me, I, I, if you'll <laughs> indulge me for just a minute. And I, I want, I thought since we were doing this, I would tell a court story because I need to tell a court story. Oh, no. And, you know, I, I could have drawn from many court stories. Um, okay. Which I won't from our teenage years. I think that probably wouldn't be fair to anyone and definitely not to, you know, other people. So <laughs> I want to tell a story about you from last year. And cool. there is something that I love about old, holy, ancient texts. And it's that you hear this common phrase again and again and again, especially in the Jewish scriptures and the New Testament, the Christian scriptures, and it's be not afraid. Mm-hmm. Be not afraid. Again and again and again. And on October 23rd, my book dropped. It dropped a month before anybody knew it was going to, before I knew it was going to. It didn't time yeah. up the way we thought it was. And it went to number one um, hot new release on Amazon. And I was freaking out and I didn't want to do anything about it. And, I, and you were one of like two people that I told at the time. Hmm. And you told me not to be afraid. Hmm. And... All of the people who say that in my favorite texts are the angels. So oh, Dave. on a very important day when yeah. I thought I was going to lose my shit, um, <laughs> you were pretty important to me and said some pretty important words to me. So um, thank you. Oh, my gosh. You're so welcome. Aw. All right. Now that we've been vulnerable, you can tell me what the most important thing that people need to hear in 2021? What's the most important thing? Hmm. Uh, the most important thing? Well, I uh, I think 2020 was a really good 
lesson for everybody if you allowed it to be. And I sometimes don't like talking positively about 2020 because I feel sad for the people who lost. You know, there was a lot of loss in 2020. But um, for those who can, uh, you know, there's a lot of lessons to be learned. And I was having this, a conversation with somebody today, and it was like anything that was kind of at the surface before the pandemic hit really, don't, you know, don't. blew up. Well, yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you were experiencing like some depression before, your depression is like full on now. Yeah. Or if you were kind of teetering on that, questioning the alcohol use or whatever, that pandemic. I mean, we've seen it in the numbers with alcohol sales and everything that they're through the roof because yeah. people don't, don't know how to cope. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I remember an article at the very beginning of the pandemic, which addressed why the liquor store was still open. And it was a health okay. official that said, I don't think the public fully realizes the level of alcohol dependence that exists in our in our society. And if the LCBO were to be just pulled like that, if it would just be cut off, it would lead to chaos um, because of the level of dependence. And that, that says something about where we are with this. Um, it really does. But, you know, I think that it's so normalized, like it's so normalized. And for me, being like a mom with young kids and stuff, like the mommy wine culture is is crazy it's just like there's a lot of stuff that says you know if you can't cope with your kids have a drink right and um not that i wanted like and i'm not judging anybody who who's doing that like by any means yeah. whatsoever but yeah, we've all um, had our days we've all had our days yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah anyway anyway you know i just i think moving into 2021 um if you can learn from the lessons that we've been given and shown and also when it comes to mental health you know i hope that as we move out of the lockdown and everything like that that people can still remember how important their mental health is like if you have a brain you have to take care of your mental health like we all have bodies we have to take care of our physical health and they're so connected they are so connected um yeah and you know and and i want to talk about mental health too like it's not just a disorder. It's not just alcoholism. It's not just depression. It's like if you are going through a big transition in your life, if you've been divorced, if you, you know, if your kid's gone off to university, like all of these different things, like these are all areas where people really need to learn how to take care of themselves and in a healthy way. You know, if, and, you know, if you've broken a bone or been really sick or been out of commission and you're trying to get yourself back together, um, it, there's a lot of people suffering from circumstantial depression that leads to a lot of different things. Um, yeah. So me- mental health, we all have experiences of mental health and mental unhealth, all of us, every single one. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I, I, I can't remember the exact statistic, but I think it's like by the age of 40, uh, I mean, it's a staggering number, and I'm, I, I can't remember exactly, so I'm not going to say it, but by the age of 40, there's so many people almost – well, I want to say maybe around 75% that have experienced a major mental health issue. Um, and there's just not enough support and there's just not enough people talking about it. Like it's okay, you know, it's okay. And that's what I'm hoping to do with my Real Housewife of York Region brand is just pave the way and let people know that it's okay to 
take care of your mental health. And if, and if it's, if it's at a point where it's not okay, like I always talk about therapy too. Yeah. Because I wish that people didn't wait till they got to that breaking point right. or like almost divorced or whatever. Yeah. Like if you're having a hard time or you're finding you can't get over something or whatever, like therapy, I mean, it's been a, a godsend for me. Um, but in the end, this is about, that's, it's about stigma, right? It's about, um, it's about whether or not people have to carry shame or not carry shame because yeah. they're struggling. It's all about the shame. There's so much shame. Yeah. And even, even like, even when I'm telling, like I've told my therapist before about feelings that I have and there's so much shame associated with it. And he said, let's take the shame away from that. Yeah. You know, yeah. let's take the shame away from it. It Just is what it, it is. what it is. It is what it is. Name it for what it is. And we're not going to get through it until we just own it, right? And it be okay. So, yeah, ending the stigma. That's definitely what I hope or helping to end the stigma is is my purpose and what I hope that people who have experienced any sort of issues or, or struggles within 2020 will be a little bit more empathetic for those who um, who have mental health issues, even when it's not a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Next week, I'm going to be hosting uh, Steve Green, a former colleague of mine, a big BIPOC advocate. Um, he's a pastor of a church, and uh, we're going to talk about the stigma of not being white. Um, and wow. so we're going to we're going to get into some serious stuff next time. I hope I hope you'll uh, you'll tune in and uh, and listen. Yeah. To what it's, I think it's next Sunday at seven. I think we're doing Facebook oh. for that one, not Instagram. Oh, okay. So. Uh, awesome. Yeah, come check us out. Yes, All right. well, definitely. You know, it's just been awesome. And you know what? If you know, if nothing else, from our interview back in November, and then this follow up, and the and the friendship that's happened in between, and getting yeah. to know your uh, your beautiful family, uh, I got to say, it's been great to reconnect with you. And I admire everything yeah. you're doing. You're a you're a you're a pretty awesome person. Well, I feel the same way about you, Dave, and I hope that uh, I'll be able to meet your little guy. Yeah, once we get oh to this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for giving me a platform to talk about uh, mental health, and thank you for all the work that you do to, um, you know, tell your story and make it okay for others, too. Last question. Uh-oh. Do you and, and your husband, do you subscribe to the New York review of books i'm going to because i heard there's something big happening there okay well make sure you subscribe why i just want you to okay okay i will peace bye dave yeah